Hello, kids, it's your Auntie Kath. Now, as you probably know by now, you might hear words like f, sh, p, and in this podcast. Oh, and c, that's one of my favourites. So, if you've got little ears around, you might want to listen another time. Or if you like, keep playing. They might just learn something. The little p. Esteemed Deaf Pals. Now, it turns out some of you have been complaining that these episodes aren't long enough. <laughs> well then, you'll be dying to know that this isn't all of it, you wonderful twits. After you've finished hearing how your favourite guests are going to peg it, they join me over at Six Feet Under to read through your real-life deaf-related anecdotes. Your dad wasn't having it, and he was haunting you through your niece's bumhole. <laughs> <laughs> For just two ninety nine a month, you get all that and every episode completely ad-free. <sighs> the dream. So, as the Grim Reaper says, get on with it and subscribe. Head to where there's a will, there's wake.com for details. Right, let's get cracking. Hello, I'm Kathy Burke. And welcome to this backwards bingo hall in the podcast sphere, where 13 isn't just unlucky for some. There's no dancing queen. One and seven, 17. And the two fat ladies are cheating again. Oi, Jennifer, Clarissa, fuck off. You've won 666 times. I'm not playing anymore. Anyway, welcome to... Where? There's a will, there's a wake. Whilst we mosey along to the mortuary, it's time to welcome this week's guests. Now, some podcasts tell everyone everything. That's one for the nosy cunts there. Well, on this podcast, we talk about giving everything to everyone, otherwise known as your will. And joining us today to talk about the death of their dreams is the rather fabulous... Your podcast is so much more professional than mine already. <laughs> well, how the hell are you? Very well, thank you. I'm excited to be here in this candlelit, uh, what is it, like a mortuary? I don't know temple? what it is. It's sort of like a combination, combination. It's a combination of, yeah, like a mortuary, like a goddess Charlie says it's hell. <laughs> oh, hell's really cool. I like the color scheme in hell. And uh, that shows how Goddess Charlie feels about having to come and do this podcast. (laughs) It's hell. It's fucking hell. Yes, we've got our lovely bespoke coffin chairs, Mm -hmm. which I think cost them quite a lot of money. (laughs) Good. But um, very good for the posture. Mm -hmm. I love being here, Kathy, and I'm a huge fan of yours, as you know, I'm sure. Ah, well, likewise. And actually, I think the last time that we uh, met each other was you very graciously took part in a documentary I made about women. Yeah. And I think then, Catherine, you were chatting on about how great it was being single. Yeah. (laughs) How (laughs) things change. Because now, of course, you're very sort of famously with your high school sweetheart. I am. And now more than ever, 
I really doubled down on what I said to you that first time about being single. It yeah. was great. <laughs> um, and you've got two more children with the lovely Bobby now, yeah. haven't you? And there's that. Yeah, yeah. Creating his biological legacy yeah. has kicked my ass. <laughs> so I was pregnant four times, really, because we had um, two pregnancies that didn't go our way as soon as we met. But yeah. I got really fat for those and then thin again. And, of course, it's emotional and it's taxing on your body. And then we had Fred. Um, our son, who's two years old now, and an asshole, but we love him. <laughs> and then we had another baby straight away, and I've just been like a yo-yo, like yeah, pregnant, wow. not pregnant, and then everyone comments on it, like, why does she look different? And in my life, because I talk about Botox and filler and stuff, yes. as soon as my face gets fat, people don't think, oh, she's pregnant again. They think she's had a botched facelift. Right. <laughs> of course. Of course they would say that. Yeah. God, people are cunts, aren't they? they? Are. <laughs> well, so now... We are going to move swiftly on to the subject matter of our podcast, okay. Catherine Ryan, which is all about death. And uh, but before before you peg it, we just want to know about the last So, Catherine Ryan, what would be your last meal on earth? I come from Canada, yeah. though I'm ethnically Irish, mm. and I would never choose Irish food. No offense to the Irish. Why are you boiling ham? <laughs> um, but in Canada, we have really lovely, stodgy, cheesy, flavorful things that I didn't realize how much I would miss when I moved to the UK. So my last supper would be something called poutine, which is really like northern cheese and chips, okay. but it's a bit different. It'll be these Big, thick cut real fries and then gravy. And that a type of cheese is difficult to explain. It's a little bit like halloumi. It's like if halloumi could melt. It's called cheese curds, which doesn't sound nice. Right. But we have uh, poutineries all over Canada where you can get that base and then you can put extra things on it. You can put Montreal smoked meat. You can put um, mustard. You can put gherkins. You can put jalapenos. You can put crispy onions on poutine. Like poutine has mm. taken on a life of its own. I just put white vinegar on it, right? And it is delicious. And I suppose it's nice and stodgy because it's quite cold, Canada, isn't it? Right. My mum's vegan, and her partner uh, and I went to visit them one Christmas, and I just thought. I'm going to walk outside and eat a dog in a minute. It was too yeah. cold to be vegan. Right. Yeah, yeah, because she wouldn't be able to eat the poutine, would she? No. Well, they do have vegan poutine now. Uh, oh, say it again. It's poutine, but I say it almost with a French accent, like poutine. 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 Right, nice. Yeah. Which is just basically cheesy chips. Basically, but it's better. It's so difficult to explain. We have to try it. Well, we'll make sure that you've got all that lovely stuff for your last supper. And now we move on to... The Death. So, Catherine Ryan, it's happened. You're gone. You're dead. How the fuck did it happen? I hope to die glamorously mm-hmm. under the knife. Oh, like um, Joan Rivers? Yes. Yes. Joan Rivers, I think, was getting uh, some sort of procedure on her throat in an esthetician's office and with her medical history she should only have been sedated in hospital so I think that's what happened there oh I see and uh, I'm going to pretend I don't know that and repeat the same mistake because (laughs) uh, I just think she died doing what she loved I haven't had 
anywhere near as much plastic surgery as I joke about. It's yeah, like Jimmy course. Carr started joking that I had plastic surgery and then I would just, you know, go guess along and go along with it. It was yeah. funny. But I realistically, I'm 40 now as I get older. Why not have a facelift at some point? Uh-huh. I think I would like it. My boobs probably need redoing. I'd like to get liposuction because they have this science now where they can take any fat from your body and use it to put it back. So they put it in your bum or they put it in your face. Oh. But I was learning that a footballer's wife sadly died doing that because oh, really? the doctor didn't know what he was doing and he punctured her bowel like nine times. Oh my God. Doing liposuction. I know. So I hear stories like this and yes. I think I'm just stupid enough to go and do it anyway. I think it's tricky to know. You you think you do all your research and you know who's above the board, but yeah. anyone can have a bad day, come into the operating room drunk. That's it. I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I think something. And then Kanye West's mother uh-huh. famously died from complications after cosmetic surgery. Really? It does happen. Why do you think everyone's so down on the cosmetic side of things? Um, I think it's because chiefly women do it and it goes hand in hand with that narrative of shame and mm. be pretty but not too pretty and don't try to be pretty and be natural but you know women used to lie about coloring their hair women yes. used to lie about wearing makeup all sorts of things and now cosmetic surgery is just the modern new thing that a lot of men yeah. and women are doing but yeah i think it it's also there is a frivolity with it where it's like come on it's expensive you have a family and people who love you. It's mm. really stupid to be so vain that you're willing to risk your life just to look, what, incrementally different, maybe even worse. Mm. It is stupid, which is why I haven't really done it yet. I have breast implants, but I haven't done anything else. Uh-huh. And I, and I, I don't think it's stupid, really. I sort of feel, you know, I mean, people get very, very self-conscious about the way they look. And especially nowadays when Mm. it's all so Instagram heavy and TikTok and all the focus is on what you look like, it seems to be. So I do do feel for younger people. Let's call it a calculated risk, I guess. It's a risk. But Uh I think also now that I'm getting older and uh, the way that I look is changing, it's all right to go, I don't know who that is in the mirror anymore, and I'd like to get back to the person that I recognize. I like to feel the way I think I am. I want to, that. I want my looks to reflect that. I get why people do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to shame anyone, but also, you know, it is, I, I, I shouldn't do it. I think it is stupid, but. Well, you're, I think you're very beautiful anyway, very naturally. you're very beautiful. Very naturally beautiful young lady. So uh, it's your money. Do what you want. That's what I say to people. Yeah. Do what you fucking want with your own money. Well, it's not as though I'm water skiing or I'm not going to die any other way. So under the knife, yeah. having a nice procedure, clean and safe and that's the way but to go. But I die. <laughs> but yeah. you die. But you die. Well, what do you think the public's reaction is going to be to this death, Catherine? Oh, of course, they will say, for shame. What a selfish (laughs) bitch. What a cow. So vain. Went out trying to change her appearance. I like ending on a low. Okay. You know, I wouldn't want to be rescuing drowning children and die that way after saving lives and have everyone go, oh, Catherine, she was so amazing. I want them to slag me off. That would be better. Yeah. You like a bit of that, didn't you? You like yeah. a bit of the old mean girl sort of vibe. I do. And you don't mind it um, 
you know, you're, you're, I suppose you're quite, what would you say, thick-skinned or? For sure I'm yeah. thick-skinned. Yeah. People have reached out and gone, it's very odd the the lack of caring that you have about things that would wound other people. Well, see, this is interesting because um, I don't think it is odd because I'm quite similar. Yeah. I get, you know, um, I'm mostly adored, I have to say, on, on the old social media. But if ever I speak out about something, of course, then I'm a fat old ugly dog and all the rest of it. And... Um, I had a lovely friend round yesterday, my mate Pippa, and uh, because I'd, I, I mean, I'd brought it on myself. I had a bit of a pile on um, a, a few weeks ago, as they call it, when everyone sort of somebody says, "Look at this! Isn't yeah. she a vile cunt?" And then you get all these people going, "I'm so disappointed!" Like as if I give a fuck. Yeah, who's disappointed in me? But my friend yesterday said. Does it really not affect you? And and actually, it really doesn't. No. And I think, again, maybe, Catherine, it's because we're women and we're expected. Oh, but you you should get upset. You you know, your feet, this must hurt your feelings. Uh, but it genuinely doesn't. Right. I mean, did anything happen in your life that gave you a real clarity on what matters and what doesn't? Like, did you have a near-death experience or some life-changing moment that made you go, oh, nothing matters very much and very little matters at all? Well, I suppose, I mean, the near-death, well, my I, I grew up without a mum. Right. You know, my mum died when I was a baby. I did know that. So I suppose, and, and, you know, I've got two big brothers. Do you know what I mean? So I suppose... I always just had this sort of tough... I mean, obviously, I did, did some therapy in my 30s, like like we all do, and mm. if you've got access to that, then I highly recommend it. Um, Are you sponsored by BetterHelp as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, the therapist said, oh, it's a sort of typical thing that... You know, because uh, of trying to make other kids laugh and always yeah. putting on a sort of f a brave front um, that he said is very typical of uh, children that have lost a parent. It's a way of your way of saying, I'm fine. You don't have to worry about me. You don't have to feel sorry for me. I'm fine. So I suppose because I was sort of being like that as, mm. a, as a youngster, it just sort of built up and became a thing that was the truth yeah. rather than a, a sort of a protection of other people's worry. Yeah. Or does that make sense? It does. Or maybe it was never a front. Like, yeah, I think maybe. that when something mm. real happens in your life, like the context of you losing your mother and growing up that way, that is real. And that's what pain looks like. And that's uh -huh. what pain feels like. So some stranger on the internet with a football logo profile calls you a dog. Like, why would you care about that? Exactly. Because you have felt something real and dealt with it. Yes. And I think... It's not a front for me. Mm. I I care to, obviously, we're talking about plastic surgery. I think all of that is fun and decoration. And at the end of the day, I know that someone's comments on the internet are meaningless. They just yes. don't hurt because I know that's not real life. Uh-huh. Even though I haven't had, like, a bad thing happen, but I think I definitely have empathy for people in my life who've had bad. I can distinguish from what is a real bad thing. Yes, yes. And what is, like, shit. That's it. And 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 also, neither of us, uh, I assume, I'm speaking on your behalf, but are, are dismissing either 
that it does genuinely hurt a lot of people yeah. if they're sort of attacked by people online, like trolls and stuff. Uh, of course, I'm not dismissing um, anybody sort of uh, hurt and upset when it happens to them. Uh, but just it's lovely to have a kindred spirit here in Catherine Ryan that we really couldn't give a fuck. You can say what you want yeah. and uh, it's just water off a duck's back. It really is. In my case, water off a fat duck's back. Ooh. And uh, which is lovely because... Uh, a fat duck is the most delicious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. This is an advertisement for BetterHelp Therapy Online. Goddess Charlie, you all right? You look a bit tense. What makes you say that? Well, <laughs> you're biting your nails and your leg is shaking like a horny chihuahua. Oh yeah, now you mention it, I do feel a bit stressed. Come and then, spill the beans to Auntie Kath. What's on your mind? That's the weird thing, I don't actually know. It could be the endless sleepless nights I spend strategising on how I'm going to get a ticket to Glastonbury this year, or it could be the triple espresso I necked to make sure I didn't fall asleep on the way to work. Blimey goddess, whatever it is, you should invest some time in getting to the bottom of it. You're right. It's no good letting things fester and get out of control, especially when it's so convenient to talk to therapists now. Ah, oh, you mean our friends at BetterHelp? Precisely. It's entirely online and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash wake. That's Better H-E-L-P.com slash wake. So, getting back to the old uh, death. So how would you like to be remembered, Catherine Ryan? My industry are so bad for tweets, Facebook posts, as though they are a window to the afterlife. And I hate all of that. Uh-huh. I hate that when a comedian or a celebrity dies, just all these people come out of the woodwork and post just the <laughs> the most tenuous link to the dead person. Here's a photo with me and that person. They look like shit. I look great. I met them. I worked with them. I opened for them. Yes. I just don't want any of that. I want a ban, like a social media ban on my name. Oh, wow. I want my name to be like one of the... If you know how you use the word vaccine, mm-hmm. and Instagram will pop up like a warning link. Yes. Oh, I don't know what this person's saying about the vaccine, but here's the real <laughs> info. I want my name to be flagged like that. Do not tweet about Catherine Ryan. That see, that's wonderful because you know I'm sure um, our listener. It, there's a presumption, the assumption that the celebrity is incredibly vain, incredibly arrogant, and wants everybody to be talking about them when they die. <laughs> uh, well, we'll make sure that happens then, that it's a dignified blackout. Oh, a dignified blackout, Kathy. No one had articulated it like that. That's what they pay me for, darling. Dignified <laughs> blackout. Yeah, it sounds sexy, doesn't it? Do you ever hear about a, a man or someone is dating and they've met someone and they go, well, I can't even look him up. He's not online. Uh-huh. He's not on any social media. That is so sexy. Yes. I want to be that sexy in death. Nice. Well, we will make sure that happens. And what publication would you like it to be in then? Uh, because there's got to be an obituary of some sort. Okay. So we're not going to have any social media 
but a, a nice publication uh, of some sort. Um, I think eventually when news has been leaked after many months of a dignified blackout, um, it would be someone like Pink News or Attitude magazine mm. or like an LGBTQAI plus friendly publication because nice. I really feel like when that community embrace someone, it's for all the right reasons. I think they have very good taste. I always like, you know, who the gay community follows is usually who I follow. Uh-huh. And it seems like a Joan Rivers thing, but I hope I live long enough to become a gay icon. You're already a gay icon, mm. I think, Catherine. I don't think I've quite achieved enough. They sort of like me. I feel very embraced by that community. I try uh-huh. to be an ally and an advocate for them, but... You know, I need to do more. Okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not full Sam Smith, full Kathy Burke, full Joan Rivers yet. You know, I, well, I think it just sounds like you just need to age a bit more, and uh, and then and then it happens. And with Sam Smith, I think it's sort of easier for the people that are singers. Right. Yeah, you know, um, they've got all that diva thing going on. Maybe that's what's happened: is the gay community has heard me sing. And that's it. And they're not like, mm, you're not quite in with no, us yet, no. kid. Not quite there yet. And uh, do you have any regrets in life? I actually don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I would maybe have wasted less time on romantic relationships. There we go, yeah. Because I was really like a... I could have been a sniffer dog at an airport. You know what I mean? I could just find the loser. <laughs> like, <laughs> who's got the drugs? Yeah, Him. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a special talent. I just... I don't know what it was about me. I think I had a rescue syndrome for a number of years. I had mm. a nice childhood. Mm. Don't really remember any reason why I would gravitate toward such losers. But I did that for a number of years. Uh-huh. And I think... They gave me material. They, I struggled, so that's always positive in your own personal growth. Mm-hmm. I look back on those times, and in a way, I don't regret them because I am where I am today, so I wouldn't change anything. But I sort of feel like, as a grown woman who knows herself now, my God, they weren't worth my time. Yeah. And you never get time back. No. But like you say, it's sort of sometimes we need to go through life making certain mistakes. Yeah. So we know, actually... Um, who who is worthy of us. Do you know what I mean? The answer is no one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no yeah, one. that's very true. Even my husband, every once in a while, I'm like, <laughs> you... No, he's. I do love my husband now, and I'm glad I got it right with the one I actually decided to marry. Uh-huh. But I have broken men. Like, there's this one man, Kathy, that I dated mm. when I was, like, top gorgeous as well. Young, young, young. And we split up, and he has never had another partner since because oh. he thinks he deserves me. Oh, really? And he definitely doesn't. And he hasn't met a woman stupid enough of that caliber to date him. So uh, is he a bit obsessed then, do you think? He's not obsessed with me at all. It's just that he thinks that women like I was are the kind of women he can get. Oh, right. And so he meets women in the world, I think, yes, who are smart and young and beautiful. And they go, what are you talking about I'm going to go near you you can't get me and he goes no I dated Catherine Ryan (laughs) and they go no you didn't you fucking liar yeah yeah this man goes around town showing people photos of me when I was young wow yeah he's kind of like become an urban legend women tell me about him all the time they go listen I met this crazy man on a bus (laughs) I go yeah yeah I dated him wowza he'll show them pictures of me like when I was 20 years old 25 I'm like 
Nah, he's got to get over this. He's never going to be happy. You know, no. he's he's got, he's got to sort this out. Well, it's my fault. I did this to him. No, you didn't. I All did. you did was go out with him. I made him think he could get me, Kathy. Oh well, yeah, he needs a he needs a good shake, doesn't he? <laughs> Poor fucker. I do feel for him. <laughs> me actually. too. I like him. Yeah, twat. <laughs> <laughs> he's a twat. So now we move on to the funeral. So, folks, before we get into hearing all about Catherine's perfect funeral, let me tell you, there's more to this podcast, so much more. Head on over to our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, where we have bonus content from our wonderful guests. And then the vet looked at me as though to say, like, why am I doing your own fucking dirty work? Like, you knew you were bribing me this dead rabbit. (laughs) Plus, you get all episodes completely ad-free. So what are you waiting for? Head to where there's a will, there's a wake.com for details on how to subscribe. Back to the fantasy world. So Catherine, it's happened and now it's the big day. So where's the funeral? What's going on? This is a difficult one for me because I don't really believe in the concept of a funeral because the dead person uh-huh. isn't there. Yes. This is this weird way that we attach people to their bodies and so maybe their body is there, but they're certainly gone. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I would even attend my own parents' funeral. Oh, really? And isn't that awful? Because everyone would go, Catherine Wright didn't even fly home for her dad's funeral. Yeah, but why would I do that? Mm, Just to hang there? out with all his, like, golf buddies? I don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad's not there. Yeah. Well, I suppose people, funerals are seen as a sort of, it's a closure, mm. isn't it, I suppose? And, that, and that's why they happen, but... Um, um, and less so nowadays for religious reasons, right. you know. Um, but I find that really sort of refreshing that yeah. you don't want a funeral. I don't, and it bothers me almost that I won't be in charge because I'll be dead and people might put on some really shit funeral for me. Oh, no, but you can be in charge because yeah. you can make sure all this is written down right. somewhere. Well, it's this podcast, luckily. They, this podcast as well. I don't know whether... They might go against my wishes. Yes. But, I mean, I, I suppose... I, so I'm of Irish descent as uh-huh. well. How Irish are you? Because I've heard of Irish people sleeping with their dad, Nan, for a few <laughs> nights. <laughs> no, my mother and father were both Irish. My dad was from uh, Galway yeah. and my mum was from Cork. Oh. So I am the pro- real DDO second generation. Well, I w- I'd be fine with a funeral that was Irish leaning in that it was a celebration of life. Yes. There'd have to be booze there. It would be awake. Mm-hmm. Pre-approved photos of me only. Uh-huh. Um, but other than that... So what about your body, though? If your body's not going to be in the coffin, mm. what are we going to do with your body? I would like it to be ravaged by science. You know what I mean? Yes. Donate all of it, but also do experiments on it. Uh-huh. Do whatever you want. Kick it down the road. I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about my body at all. Yeah. I think I just, isn't it funny that I'm interested in cosmetic surgery and I do want to be beautiful, um, but I'm fine with aging and I'm also fine with whatever happens to my body after I'm done using it. Yes. I kind of don't care. Uh Uh-huh. I don't, I I would just say I don't like the idea of rotting in the ground. Right, which is a burial. Yeah, I don't like that. So after the... um, Just because it's a waste. Yeah, 
And but after this, well, it isn't a waste actually if no. you get buried because because it's sort of all coming back. It's sort of the animals, the worms. Oh, <clears throat> they feed on you and stuff. And it's more environmentally friendly to be buried rather than being burnt. Is it? Yes, because it's something to do with the toxins in the <gasps> atmosphere when you're burnt. And yet if you're buried and uh, the only thing that's wrong with the burying is that it shouldn't really be six feet deep because that's too deep for some of the bugs and the worms. Oh, I see. So if you're buried around about four feet, <laughs> Then they'll get to you quicker. So Kathy advocates a shallow grave. Yes. Just a bit of <laughs> soil, topsoil. Well, I'm currently consuming both placentas from my latest pregnancies. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. So you send that away. A yes. company collects. You just put it in the freezer for a bit or the fridge. Yeah. A company turns it into these delicious little gummy bears. <laughs> and you... You take one of those every day. That's amazing. Yeah, so maybe that same placental capsulation company could just use my whole body and make little gummy vitamins for my kids to eat. And do they add anything else? I mean, what's the goodness in a placenta? What what goodness are you getting from... It's controversial, but it will have sort of the stem cells and building blocks of life and lots of good hormones in it. And it's said to be very nutritious. Uh -huh. Iron, I think there's loads of iron in it. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I mean, this is not definitely medically backed. It's sort of a Gwyneth Paltrow thing to do with your life. Oh, okay. You know, but, but then some oh. cultures do it. They'll fry it in a pan. They'll make smoothies. They'll bury it in their own gardens, like you say, because the worms and the bugs feast yes. on it. They'll plant a tree with the placenta. But... It, currently in my middle-class white lady culture, gummy vitamins. You should see it. I mean, it's amazing to look at. No, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? It looks like a tree. Really? Yeah. I'll find a photo of it for you if you want to see yeah. it. Yeah. I'll show you my placenta. Um, it, looks, it looks like a tree. Yeah, because it's got all these vessels go going down it that look like roots. Wow. And... Um, I posted it online, and a lot of people were disgusted, as you can imagine. <laughs> but also, a lot of people were like, wow, that's actually such a beautiful, temporary organ. Marvelous. Okay. Well, that was interesting. As Catherine doesn't want a funeral, um, uh, we replaced all that nonsense with something quite fascinating, actually. So, um, yes. So... We're going to have a eulogy, I think. Mm. Who's done the eulogy for us? My very good friend, author, comedian, superstar, Emily Dean. Beautiful. Oh, she's got a great podcast, doesn't she? Yes. About dog walking. And she's so funny and she's so talented. And she knows a lot about death, too. She has a whole book about it. And uh, she lost kind of her entire family. Her book's called Everybody Died, So I Got a Dog. And she makes even that funny. Right. Oh, I must get this. Okay, so we're going to hear the eulogy. Thank you for joining me to celebrate the life of comedy icon Catherine Ryan, or as she always insisted her close friends call her, TV's Catherine Ryan. In her final moments, Catherine uttered these poignant words, which I'm deeply touched to share with you now. Has my agent landed a sponsor deal for my funeral yet? I'm not doing it for less than 50k. So I'm thrilled to announce that today's memorial is brought to you by the TurkishVeneersClinic.com. Use my code CATHFUNERAL for 10% off. 
There have been some beautiful tributes to Catherine on social media. The man with the Union Jack avatar who said, wasn't she one of them feminists? And the school-run mum who fondly recalled her wearing a vagina sweatshirt to a parents' evening. Catherine's reign as the queen of comedy saw her honoured with highly prestigious awards like Hertfordshire's Sexiest Woman, to name just one. Actually, come to think of it, that was the only one. But she was also celebrated for her work as a tireless campaigner, normalising the ownership of unfeasibly small dogs who shiver and wee a lot. And I'll never forget the first time I saw Catherine. She was hosting a distinguished film awards ceremony and neither will the security guard who had to drag her off a pillar she was drunkenly straddling. And I'd like to thank the tabloid photographer who captured those images and allowed us to print them in the order of service today, along with the ones of her dressed as a pigeon in The Masked Singer. Beautiful choices from her husband, Bobby Kay, and her three wonderful children. When I got up to speak, I asked myself, what would Catherine say if she were here today? But then I realised most of it would involve Category C swear words and potential lawsuits, so I thought better of it. Instead, I'll simply say, thank you, TV's Catherine Ryan, for the endless laughter, endless inspiration, and endless reruns of panel shows we'll now all be forced to watch. Finally, I can exclusively reveal that Catherine is actually very much still alive, and her new TV show, Fake Your Own Death with Catherine Ryan, will be dropping this autumn only on Channel 5. Buried or cremated. Okay, so fabulous Catherine Ryan. Just circling back to uh, our question of being buried or cremated. And, uh, well, I'm worried now because I just didn't want to be buried. Uh, but then you told me that being cremated, now I'm all of a sudden a climate emergency. Yes. I'm contributing to emissions. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh-huh. That toxins from my body would enter the air, and especially my body, once I've had all that surgery. That's right. I think that I would just like to be donated to science. Yes. And then they could do whatever with my body. Donate all my organs. Yeah. Do you know, I lost a cousin when we were young because he was a country boy and he was driving in the country and got into an accident. And it's like such a Canadian rural tale as old as time. Right. But his mother is a nurse and she made the decision to donate all his organs. And the little girl, I remember I was 17 and they told me then that a little girl got his eyes Oh, and wow. how beautiful that was. And I think that my auntie even met this little girl and looked at her son's <gasps> eyes in this little girl's oh, eyes. Oh, I love I that. And I just thought that was my first introduction to organ donation and all that. And I thought, oh, I had no idea you could do that. Yes. And so I would donate whatever was good enough to be used. Uh-huh. And then go to a university. I don't know what university is my favorite. I don't know who would have me. Probably Loughborough. Love <laughs> <laughs> Cambridge, you can, no thanks. You know, maybe it's, your body has to get into university just like your mind. Uh-huh. And my body might not qualify for some of the top schools. But, you know, get me to like a vet college and they could cut me up and learn some things. I think that's very good. I think that, I, I think that sounds very healthy. 
thing to do, yeah. actually. And um, Feed I'm, me to the horses when you're done. Yeah. I don't care. Absolutely. So, um, but there's going to be no gravestone. So, so there'd be a plaque mm. instead of a gravestone. We'd we'd put a plaque up for you. So, what would you like written on the plaque as your epitaph? Is that the word epitaph? Well, I've been using a quote on my social media under my bio that I thought was Matthew McConaughey, but it turned out to be Gandhi. So oh. even better. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey was ripping off Gandhi, so I would oh. like to rip off Matthew McConaughey's ripoff of Gandhi and just have it say, my life is my message. Oh, that's deep. I love that. Yeah, yeah. My life is my message. Or Jimmy Carr always says to me, never complain, never explain. Oh, very good. I like that one too. Yeah, yeah. But I think my life is my message. And I love that... I've been a bit disruptive and my ancestors, now that we catalog everything, you know, I had to go on Who Do You Think You Are and go through old libraries and research letters and things to find out about my ancestors. And still it's patchy, uh -huh. especially with the women. Yes, yes. Really Nothing patchy. written the about women. the women at all. Mm -mm. Yes, because I remember watching your Who Do You Think You Are and... Uh, and the lady said that, no, the women would talk to each other, but nothing was ever recorded. That's right. So one of my ancestors was about to meet her husband and go on a ship and move country and be with her husband. And I, I thought, looking at all these love letters, how does she know like what about sex? Like, what's going to happen? Like, yeah. these women, definitely, they just seem so... Completely infantile in their articulations of like romance and everything else. I said, "Who tells them that? Where's where are those letters?" And the historian said, "Oh, they would know their mother." I said, "No, how? What language even existed yes. to explain like his cock is going to get hard?" And then like because the words they used <laughs> were so crazy. Yes. That what's a flowery, beautiful, old-fashioned way to explain sex? You almost need words like cock. Yeah, but don't forget as well, these women probably would have seen a lot of animals at it. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Because everyone, there was always animals wandering about oh. in the olden days. So you'd see an animal at it, you'd know, oh, that's where the babies come from with the animals. So, oh, oh. my God, I hope my man isn't going to be like a big horse. Oh. You know what I mean? A big old whopper. Oh, right. See, she never explained it to me like that. Well, just, maybe she didn't. She just didn't think of it. Maybe she's too in awe of your company. Uh, but I, I've just thought, well, the animals. That's right. how. Well, that's where the saying comes from: the birds and the bees. I think. Mm. So that's that's how we. Well, because my grandma definitely didn't know. I don't know. Maybe she wasn't around enough animals. Uh huh. But she told me she was shocked. She and I had a really good rapport. We were like best friends. Yeah. And then she said when she went into the hospital to have her first baby. She didn't know what that was either. She thought wow. that her belly button was just going to open up like a magic portal and they would lift the baby out. Oh, the poor lady. Uh -huh. My God, what a shock and, then. Yeah, it was a terrible shock. <laughs> but then she did it four more times, so I guess it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Or, hey, oh. they didn't have a choice back then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is going to happen again in another nine months. Yeah. Wow. It's out the way it's in. That was yeah. the explanation. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, my life is my message. I've been a bit disruptive, and I think my ancestors are going to know about it. Marvellous. Well, we shall make sure that that happens on your lovely plaque. 
And now we move on to... The Will and the Wake. So I know you don't want a funeral and all the rest of it and you're going to be scattered here, there and everywhere and all your beautiful organs are going to be donated to people that need them so that they can continue living. So I think it's a great thing to do. Um, but there's got to be some sort of party, a celebration mm. instead of the wake itself. So what would you like? What would you like to happen? I feel like my family love a pub. Uh-huh. I like fancy things now. I kind of have always been that way. Uh, but I don't expect my family to put on a party like that. So I feel like they would probably do something in Canada. Maybe it would be great to get comedians together and do a roast. Like a oh, final yes. comedy goodbye. Because I truly believe that there's no greater honor. And I think we should do it more at, at funerals, at wakes, at weddings. I mean, even baptisms, I would welcome a roast Uh of a baby. I just think (laughs) to laugh and to be a little bit dirty and a little bit mean and Mm. to be roasting is just like the best way to go out. I would love that. I would feel actually very honored by that from the grave. Who do you think is a really good roaster? Well, I think Jimmy Carr is obviously very excellent. Mm -hmm. And that's because... He's a really nice man. Uh I mean, we talk about nice and we talk about even going back to the way that you and I aren't affected by online trolling. It's like roasting to me is a clear demonstration of consent. It's like everyone who's here and who has opted into this likes it, wants it, thinks it's funny, understands that it's not real. Yes. And... You see sometimes these comedians who are going up and down the stage like really nice family man and then you hear that they've been rude to a runner or they're actually not a nice person or they're not generous. Mm -hmm. I think more often than not, the comedians who can be really filthy on stage, those who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. You know, they're like, I'm being like this because it's a joke. And in my real life, I'm kind and generous, but these are jokes. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if you think I'm an asshole because I know that I'm not. Yes. And you'd never go up to a 16-year-old at a bus stop and say something horrible. No, no, no. And you wouldn't just surprise someone with a roast because there's no consent there. But um, Jimmy's great at it because he understands the maths of it. Yes. Disappointingly, the girls don't love it very much. Mm. I don't think Sarah Pascoe or Ashling really love a roast. No, I couldn't imagine Roisin doing Roisin it, actually. Roisin doesn't it wouldn't, love it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't sit right with Roisin. No. So what is it about me? You're Maybe just a bitch, I'm babe. A bitch. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. What about music? What sort of music would you like playing? Because obviously, after the roast, mm-hmm. it's got to be a bit of a disco. Oh yeah. Well, I really enjoy female hip hop mm. and rap. And I think that there's an economy of words with it. It's also just really powerful. And it has punchlines. Like, some of it's funny. I think Cardi B's lyrics are often really funny. Uh And that's the kind of music that gets me really excited about work, getting on stage, doing comedy. It makes me feel very powerful. And I think just like the comedy industry, female uh, rappers, R&B artists, like grime artists are so super talented because they have to be to yes. get noticed. There are fewer of them. They're battling with the boys a little bit. So their stuff is really, really good without being all like 
titties and ass. Like, well, some a lot of it is quite titties and ass, mm. but it doesn't um, disparage or objectify women. Uh-huh. And I think there should be, I don't even mind rap that objectifies women. I just think there should be rap that objectifies men. Yes. So I've written a lot of rap that just talks about fucking like men and <laughs> dads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wrote this one that was like, um, K Rye Jelly, because my ass is fat. When I shake it on this grown people jelly of that, it's a fact. Excuse me if you're hot and bothered. I'm distracted by the packages of some of the fathers. Like, which dad will I fuck today? I objectify men to prove I'm really not gay. I love their dicks and I love their balls. They're naked in my videos, and that's what you call a player. A big deal, I'm an alpha female. I fuck so many dads, I'm selling pussy wholesale. Orthodontist, that's my hoe. Engineer, and I go down like lists of male professions and call them hoes. And then there's more, like, every man is just built for sex. So I sit on his face and shout, yo, who's next? They call me, text me. I'm like, chill. I don't love you. Be for real. I got my husband. You're a groupie. Begging for a dollar when you're not with a rupee. I disrespect and devalue men. They still buy tickets to my shows and then I fuck them again. When will gender roles be dismantled in hip hop? And when will your dad come by and show me his thick cock? Oh, and then, beautiful. <laughs> and it's just about men being hoes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> that's wonderful. I think that's, um, they're, they're clapping in the box. Good. They're clapping your box in well, the I box. Well, I had another one uh, during the pandemic called Make That Ass Clap for the NHS. Oh, really? And that Go was on. about me f- fucking <laughs> some key workers. But Great. I won't, I won't, I forget a lot of the lyrics. <laughs> oh, that was, I was quite thrilled by that. <laughs> So, Catherine Ryan, we need some death admin now. The will. Mm. So what you got and who's going to get it? Someone was speaking to me about a will recently because I don't have one. Oh. And I need to get one. I didn't realize that if, God forbid, chutz my daughter, Violet, and I both die. Uh-huh then her biological father becomes her next of kin and mine. Oh. And everything that we have would go to him. Oh, fuck. You've got to get it sorted. I know. I'm like, whoa, because I can't imagine that. Mm. And I don't think he knows that. Well, he bloody well will if he listens to this. I'll have a will by then. (laughs) Um, I would definitely not want to give it all to my husband, who I suppose is my next of kin legally. Mm. I'm going to scratch him out because I don't want him to make him even more attractive to the next wife. (laughs) He's already a really good father. He's really handsome. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a little surprise in the will for him. Uh Is that I'd done pretty well before I met him, and I would want to put that all to my oldest daughter, Violet, because she is very shrewd. She is really ruthless. She's super strict. We're old and we molly coddle the babies. We're mm-hmm. like, oh no, Fred, well, he's upset. He doesn't want to. None of that with my daughter. Yeah. Bedtime, she puts him to bed. We lay with him until he falls asleep. Yeah. No, she gives him a bottle and leaves the room. <laughs> yeah. Good night. And, he's, and he falls asleep for yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> and he won't do it for us. So I think that even though Violet is very privileged and very overindulged uh-huh. and she's my favorite child I always say she's my first one she and I had that special relationship I think once she's in control she'll be very careful with the money right and is there anything that you wouldn't want anybody to find that you better get rid of before you peg it on the contrary <laughs> I <laughs> I have uh, an, an ex in particular who is very sexual Mm. And he was always pestering me for naked photos. 
And I was not the kind to send. The, I'm very vanilla mm -hmm. in the sack, actually. I'm not adventurous. I'm not into any weird stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not the right age for sending naked photos. You know, this is like my first smartphone. I was like, I don't want to take naked photos. But I took a few mm. after being pestered. I took a few. Very tasteful yes. nudes. Tasteful. Yeah. And um, I always felt like he would probably leak them because we're kind of enemies now. Right. Oh, I, I mean, we were enemies when we split up. But he never leaked them anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a lot of comfort at the time. I went, phew, those naked photos have never resurfaced. But now that I've had a couple of kids and I'm 40, I'm like, well, where are those yeah. photos? <laughs> you want everyone to see yeah. them. <laughs> Let's get those photos out. That's it, because you looked beautiful. I was fine. very hungry, very young. Yeah. And they were tasteful. At the time, I thought, oh, these are the most scandalous photos in the world. But let's get them out. Uh-huh. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been absolutely wonderful finding out all your funeral details, or lack of funeral. But before we release your spirit to the afterlife for all eternity, what would be your... Famous last words. Well, I have had surgeries in the past. Uh-huh. Not so many plastic surgeries, but just different things, tonsils out, this and that, mm. actual medical surgeries. And before I go under, it does make me very nervous. And I try to joke in the room, you know, have you ever had surgeries? Oh, yeah. You have to walk into the room. I didn't know that at yeah, first. I yeah. thought you fell asleep in your little room and then they wheel you in, but you walk into where all the equipment is. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit nerve-wracking. And I've said to them ever since I got on television in this country, I've said, be careful. If you kill me, it'll be in the Daily Mail. And they kind of don't <laughs> laugh. Like, hmm. And I try to almost say, like, I'm, I'm a little bit famous. You know, just yeah. give them a fair warning. Like... Yeah. And so I guess if I'm dying under the knife in this fantasy world, mm. those would be my famous last words. That's what I always say before surgery. Right. Careful. If you kill me, it'll be in the Daily Mail. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I think that's a great place to end it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Catherine Ryan. This has been just as fun and insightful as, as I expected, actually. Good. I hope. That, that is a compliment. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, But before we go, yeah. it's not really goodbye because luckily if you've subscribed to our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, there will be more from Catherine because we're going to rifle through your real-life death anecdotes. So head to where there's a will, there's a wait.com to subscribe. Thank you again for joining us today, Catherine Ryan. Goodbye forever. Thank you, Catherine. Oh, she, she's going. Is she Wonderful. going? Really fun. She's going. Oh, she's gone. You've been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Wake with me, Kathy Burke. My senior producers are Katie Bowden and Charlie Morell. And my producer is Naya Dio, or as I like to call them, my goddesses. Sound engineer is Ed Gill. The production coordinator is Lily Hambly. Marketing by Emily Webb and Kieran Lancini. Original music written and performed by Jonathan Rathbone. And the executive producer is Ollie Wilson.